Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Devil's Due. Court is now in session. I'm your host, Carl Duty, and with me, as always, is the man who once had his own G.I. Joe action figure, codenamed Metalhead. But in order to get this action figure, you had to buy the vehicle it was packaged with, which is the Skyboat. Mr. Drew Celestino. It's so it's so accurate to the show, really. It, <laughs> The Skyboat was on last week's episode. It was see? Tiger Force Skyboat, too. To be, wow. Well, actually, <laughs> if, I, if I was Metalhead, though, no, it would have to be Python Patrol. Was there actually a Metalhead? Yes, I didn't there, know. Oh, I just, oh, yeah, I just from, from your... He, uh, he was part, of the, unfortunately, of the Deke era, the uh, DIC, after they took it over from uh, Sunbow. Okay. And it was an inferior company. Product. And it got the, the, the show got kind of campy and dumb. Metalhead, though, was a kind of a neat character where he had, rocket, he had a rocket launcher on his back and on his like thighs he had like side launchers and uh he had a targeting computer built into his face so he had like goggles and okay. he and he would like he had to like target stuff and like and then to fire his missiles he would go bang every time he said bang a, a missile would fire he was Alrighty. kind of a comic relief character on the show i just kind of said metalhead because you were you oh i know have, yeah. have a metal band so um, it, i needed something that sounded gi joe codenamey and look at that i, I hit spot on it's relevant too because uh the Long Cold Dark uh, is up for Best Heavy Metal Band at the Metal Blog. Uh, yes, I saw you uh, You posted the link. Yeah, is this the same one we discussed on in previous episode? It is. But we're okay. up, uh, so we, we, we are up right now for Best Release of 2016 for Captive Audience, and now we're also up for uh, Best Heavy Metal Band. That's awesome. So I man. would encourage everyone to please vote for us. I would really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely throw that link up on right after the show. Congratulations on that. We'll you see guys, how it works out. You guys' band had a pretty good year. Yeah. Um, Speaking of pretty good, how was uh, pretty good frames of time? How was your week, sir? Uh oh. No. Maybe, no. Maybe I, maybe, I, maybe I. It's been. It's. I see. Built I, up a little too much. Here. I feel for a few weeks now. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe longer. I've had to quantify this portion of the show every week, so I'm just going to come out and say, like, my week is generally dejecting until I get home <laughs> and then oh, i try and salvage it for as, as best i can uh so the week was okay all right um but no no well i'll uh, yeah let's put let's put the bad things where they where they should go so we're after it we're, okay. we're, we're off the clock here uh long cold dark had a show on sunday evening um played well good bands sparsely attended so ah Sunday evening is tough, but um, it was a good time. We, uh, you know, we did we did really well. People people like us. That's a good feeling. Um, and uh, that aside, man, not not a ton going on. Pretty pretty, right. pretty chillax, really. Okay. I'm you know I'm a, a suburban thirty something dude. <laughs> I don't do a lot. It's not, it's not true, but I I'm, fly. I'm, I'm, I'm pilot. Uh, yeah, I'm brewing. I'm brewing tomorrow. Oh, well, hang on. Oh, here we go. Hang on. See, you gotta, here we go. You got to walk me into the week. That's all. I just got to. <laughs> you. We do the same thing every episode. I know. Sir. You know it's coming. I don't. I don't prep. I'm not. I'm like Batman. I don't. I'm not like Batman. I don't have prep time. I just. <laughs> I just kind of react. So There's kind of more Deadpoolish. Sure, just like spur of the moment. There sure. you go. Um. So I went to uh, premiere gourmet on uh, was it Wednesday Thursday? I think it was Wednesday. And 
because I I know because I'm plugged into these things. These kinds well, Wednesday of would have been new comic day, so either I'm yeah, assuming you yep, went after yep. you picked up your books before on the way. Before. Yes, and okay. route to the shop. So um, because I am plugged into such matters, I uh, I know for a fact dates and times when certain things become available, and I know for a fact that the Stone Chocoveza had been released and was due to be in Buffalo by the sixth. So I, beers have street dates? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can look you can look this Not stuff completely up. Completely unlike video games. Kinda like that. Alrighty. So I went to Premier Gourmet because they, you know, they are generally speaking the best selection in town. And I asked the I looked at the end cap where the stone beer the stone for the uninitiated is my favorite brewery. Um, out of San Diego, California. I have been there. It is my Mecca. Um, so I asked and I'm like, uh, you guys got any Chocoveza? And the gentleman at Premier proceeded to kind of cop a with me and was like, no, we're sold out. <laughs> it's going to be one of those beers. It's going to be hard to get. I don't know when we're getting more. And I was like, oh. Did, did he cop a that like he would just seem to be a jerk in general or that he's a gentleman who had been asked that question for the 60th time? That probably day? a bit of both. Okay. But you know what? There's no need for that. Have, you know, having a having a background in customer service, I can somewhat sympathize. With oh, I worked them. at retail. I mean, you gotta you gotta put the the frustration aside and give the customer the best service possible. But uh, sometimes, uh, yeah. you just got those days. I worked in a pit of hell gas station for five years, my friend. I have dealt with the public. I I worked at Blockbuster. I will trade you Blockbuster for a gas station. Don't be so eager to do that, dude. <laughs> I. Look, aside, real quick, just quick aside, yeah, yeah. quick aside here on the aside, <laughs> a sub to the addendum, the people that go into gas stations yeah. are the dregs of society. And if you have any purpose in a gas station outside of an absolute last minute need for a, a beverage or maybe gum or something like that. I don't know, man. Some of those mobile stations are really nice. Like, they got the craft beers in them and everything. That's a Sunoco, and that's that was before my time. I'm just saying, gas stations are nowhere anyone with any sense wants to be. I go to the gas <laughs> station, I pay at the pump with my card, and I'm out of there. That's it. I don't even, I don't want to go outside, because I know what's in there. All Lottery right. tickets and degenerate drinkers. <laughs> Same people every day getting beer at 7 a.m. I, I, I know what's going on here. I like that you say degenerate drinkers. And smokers. As you're and, holding and a smokers. beer in your I hand. said degenerate drinkers. <laughs> And smokers. <laughs> smokers. Okay, so okay, so anyway, yeah. Um, the beer came out. You asked the guy. The gentleman was the, the gentleman was snotty with me, yeah. so I proceeded snotty. to leave. Snooty, snooty, snotty, snotty. <laughs> What's that from? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, yeah. So I drive up the road to Consumers Beverages. Yeah, and sure as hell, man, five cases on the floor, ready to be sold, on display. I asked the gentleman working there, oh, are, are, is there a limit on these? Because last year there was a limit on them yeah. in stores. And he said, no. And I'm like, really? He's like, no. Do, do, you, want a, do you want them cold? I got them in the fridge too. I'm like, oh my God. I said, no, no, this is fine. And I had a six pack in my hand and I, I, was, I took a step back. I looked at it. I put it down. That's not enough. I bought a case. Of course, yeah. <laughs> it was $75. <laughs> uh, how many bottles come in a case? 24. Okay. <laughs> how many bottles are left? 22. Okay. After, okay. Uh, counting the one in my hand right now. The, okay. po- the poured one, mind you. Always pour a beer in glass, gentlemen. Sorry, Alan. 
Spoiler talents here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, the Choco Vase is out, and it is the highlight of my of the next few months because it is outstanding. So tomorrow, tying this all in, tomorrow I'm brewing again. Um, so maybe if we got a little brew episode, uh, uh, kitchen little, brew little kitchen or something, brew I, can, I can talk you through all it. Right. Um, tomorrow I am brewing uh, the Darkness Imprisoning Me Chocolate Oatmeal Coffee Imperial Stout once again because it was awesome as hell last time and I still have some downstairs. I'm going <laughs> to brew another batch, but this time I am going to... Uh, do a addition in secondary fermentation. I think we've been over this before, but we can yeah. talk about it again. An addition in secondary tr- uh, fermentation of uh, peppers, cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla beans, and uh, cold pressed coffee. The, I the am ghost so, pepper of Quetzal Sahara. No, 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 nothing that intense. Just a little <laughs> bit. As you taste it in this beer, it's it's subtle. Just just a little from bit. a bigger spoon. <laughs> You don't, you're not going to need to, like, drink wax before you have it. Okay. So I'm shooting to try and make my own little Choco Vesa variant. All righty. So that's what's going on. Sorry, that was a long-winded no, it's all right. turn there. Oh, and the new Meshuggah record came out today, and it's freaking amazing. They are amazing. Expect me to be like this times <laughs> 10 when the Metallica record's released. But for now, the new Meshuggah is out, and it's amazing. Awesome. Whew. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Drew. Drew, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Okay. It's October. It is October. October is my favorite month of the year. October is the best month of the year. Let me tell you why October is the best month of the year. As we discussed on our previous episode, October 1st, the wedding anniversary. Your wedding anniversary yeah. as well. So that's a that's a great day to remember. So um, that's a devil's due uh, day in history right there. Yes. For Put it on our wiki, fans. <laughs> So okay, October first is uh, is wedding anniversary. Um, October football is in full swing. Uh, the hockey is going to start soon. Yes. Uh, baseball playoffs, which is like the only baseball kind of worth watching, in my opinion. That's fair. Um, the weather gets civilized. <laughs> like it's um, not it's stepping out of the house and get, having to flip off the sun because it's just pouring down 90 degrees on you i'm a summertime guy but okay so yeah, i feel you nice cool nights okay uh and of course you know like halloween coming up uh i got a son this year so i'm living vicariously through my son with halloween his costume design and construction it's- is currently underway <laughs> you will build him the costume that you never got yeah many costumes yes. that Ex- i never got that's exciting yeah Mom never made me a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> granted. Granted. Technology was granted, different then, man. Yeah, granted. She did it to protect me because I was a fat little kid. You could have been Peter Parker. And she's like, spider she always said to me, honey, I, I can't send you to school in that thing. So, <laughs> so yeah, she was protecting me. So, yeah, October's here. Um we had a great we had a night we had a nice day for our anniversary we just kind of hung out like partial day with the kid and then my mom took the kid and we just kind of went out and uh we had dinner that was disappointing oh, unfortunately mine was good I should, I'll tell you about it in a minute yeah as soon as i like we went i had heard there's a new buffet in the burlington plaza called amherst buffet and okay. i really enjoy chinese food i always want like a good chinese buffet which is 
let's be honest, it's an oxymoron. It's never going to happen. But someone, <laughs> like I saw a friend of mine on Facebook, he had been there. He said, wow, it was really good. I can't wait to go back. I'm like, all right, we'll give this a shot. Yeah, like. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Still, still not good. Um, but we just kind of hung out and and whatnot. I got the complete set of the Flash Gordon Funko Pops. I, as you sent to me, yes. I saw the for, picture. Like, I got four for the price of one because we had like, oh, a my God. gift card and they were having a sale going That's on. That's a steal. You have to do that. And it was great because the way they, I got them at FYE. Which oh, is, yeah, it still exists. Yeah. <laughs> and they get, if you want a Funko Pop, they're, they're kind of the place to go to. Okay. FYE first. You know, hot topic second, but um, the way they had set up is like there's not a ton of organization to it. So I looked on the shelf and there was uh, Voltan, the wing wing guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, I go grab Voltan. I'm looking around, I'm not seeing any of the other figures. I go grab Voltan, and right behind him, General Clytus. I'm like, <gasps> so I grab General Clytus right behind him, Ming the Merciless. Yeah. <gasps> grab him behind him, Flash. I was like. I'm, it's fate. I, I'm so happy. It's in the stars. It's destined. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. But, yeah, I am very. I was very happy this week. I think, like, the only other thing of note, which I don't know if this is a good thing or a sad thing, is I went on a nice little win streak last night in Street Fighter Five with Ryu, which is harder to do because of all the characters, everybody knows how to fight Ryu. All right. You know what Ryu's tools are. You know what he's going to do. I, I've seen a Hadouken in my day. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So, all right. That was my week. Um, dear listeners, yeah, if em. you would like to tell us anything, tell us about your week, tell us about your week, tell us about, <laughs> we'll tell, read it on the air. <laughs> tell Drew about beers yeah, that yeah, you please. like. American crafts, please give us suggestions the for the show, you know, share our show with others. If you would like to do any of these things, you can find us at the following locations out there in the internets there is a hub don't forget the hub there is a hub on twitter you can follow us at devil's do pod you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash devil's do you can email us at the devil's do pod.com or the devil's do pod at gmail.com or just at gmail i don't know why i'm on throw dot com and everywhere else gmail.com is correct okay um and last but not least, you can find all these things at our awesome website that Drew put together, thedevilsdopodcast.com. I'll, I'll try and spruce it up a little more, maybe a player for people that want to hit like direct cool. on there. But for now, yeah. It's, it's a it's, work in progress. It's a hub. Yeah. It's a rich, it's a rich tapestry. As, as William Murderface's tattoo says, uh, this mess is a place. There you go. And also, <laughs> if you want to follow, because uh, I, Drew, I know that you're not a big uh, Twitter user, but if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, um, you can do so at the real big duty. There you go. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram if you want. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at the long cold dark. Okay, exactly. How is it that sounds. you or is that the band? That's me. But I post a lot of uh, band stuff. Uh, yep. I post a lot of beer stuff. I post a lot of video game stuff. Cool dogs. Slice of life. You so know, there you go. Follow for me. for the first time in a long time, we have no re- viewer questions this week. Oh. I guess Jay took a week off because it was his birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. Well, we, yeah, but he didn't get us anything. That's fair. That's I, fair. This is, well, I was in a good mood. This is, this. <laughs> this is just ends all. May your orca sail smoothly always. Yeah, until it sinks. Thanks for the question. <laughs> Positivity and negativity here on Devil's Do, but to 
balance us out, we have a returning guest this week. You loved him last week when we watched the trial of the Incredible Hulk. He's back this week. Welcome again to the Devil's Due, Mr. Alan Waiters. Alan, how you doing, buddy? Sweet Christmas. I'm doing very well, guys. Oh, there we go. A little bit of Luke Cage. Should we? We're not going to get too deep here, but uh, Luke Cage premiered. Luke Cage is a we got we got one news item, then we're gonna do some reviews, and then we're gonna go on to like a more, little more serious uh, conversation, and then next week we're going to start getting uncaged. Uh, okay, all right. We're gonna start uh, breaking down Luke Cage next week, and Alan's gonna make comebacks for for a couple of those episodes, and we're gonna have some other people on for some of them. If you you know again, if you like like that we have guests on, let us know. If you want to stay, just two of us. Uh, you know, we we have fun with the guests here. Of us. Just the two of us. Yeah, come on, Al, bring in the bass. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it if you try. <laughs> I commented, Drew, that there's like infinitely more singing on this podcast <laughs> than I ever anticipated there would be. That's, that's how. It and goes, ironically man. enough, it doesn't come from the one of us who is actually a lead singer in a band. Well, I'm self-loathing, so I tend not to put myself out there unless <laughs> I have to. So you know. So okay, we have, we've got one quick news item to go over. Go on. And the do I care? meter on this mm. i'm not gonna lie it's slightly below par okay so we're bringing it up why <laughs> because it's news it's okay. legitimate news that should be discussed uh the first poster the first uh oh poster um, advertisements of the next wolverine movie oh that's and, newsworthy and, i guess and final i want a final appearance of hugh jackman as wolverine uh debuted uh, the poster itself looks very cool. It's a well-done poster. It's baby uh, child's hand holding Wolverine's hand with his claws out. And the movie is now titled Logan. I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. I got so, some thoughts. Uh, it, I just, the X-Men movies now, I, Alan, I know you're a big X-Men fan, but I'm just like, the movies are... I, I'm not sure if I care anymore. Yeah, I kind of have to agree. They've just gone so... Meh, you know, especially after watching, you know, Apocalypse, I'm like, eh. and even Days of Future Past. Yeah, and I, and I enjoyed that film, and but there were some letdowns. I think the thing that, that surprises me about Days of Future Past is it was like supposed to kind of set things right, but I still kind of had that kind of feeling like, huh? Well, it was still a little bit of a hot mess on two. Now what happens? Yeah. Now, since we're going to bring that up, how do we feel about First Class? I like First Class. I, I thought it was a, a good step in the right direction. Okay. I Alan? did too, but you know what? I was I was a little bit disappointed when it first came out because I was expecting to have the original five X-Men because it's a sure. title yeah. First Class. I hear you. So I'm expecting, you know, Angel, Beast, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman, and yep. original Professor X. Right. You know? Right. But, you know, having guys like Banshee... Um, Pixie and all Havoc. those other guys. Havoc, which yeah. doesn't yeah. make any sense. Well, technically you did get Angel, but you got the Grant Morrison version and not Bobby Drake. Uh, or, I'm sorry, not uh, Warren Worthington. Yeah. You know, Warren Worthington the third. The third. The third. Sorry. He, he was, oh, Respect I bet man's he, title. I bet he was a real jerk. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, and like I said, I, just, I saw the, you know, the Logan poster too. You know, it's, if you, so viewers, if you didn't see it, it's pretty much it's Wolverine's hand. And another smaller hand he's holding. Yeah. Can I can I point out an oddity about that poster? Um, if you look at it again, that child has an abnormally uh, large, uh, long fingers. 
if you look at how it's wrapped around Logan's hand. That's, okay. I'll have to check that out. F- file that under Photoshop disasters. Once, once, <laughs> once you see what I'm talking about, you can't unsee it, and it's just going to be bizarre. Um, so I have some thoughts on this movie. Yeah. So as a, I have to say, uh, uh, the first Wolverine Origins movie is a steaming pile of hot yeah. garbage. Like, they don't even know. No, no. We're, we shall not bring that up. Um, half of the Wolverine. Was that what, was that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, it was yes. called the Wolverine. Half of that movie was pretty good. I would say three quarters. Three, okay, that's, three quarters, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Up until... The hokey schlocky sci-fi yeah. ending. It didn't stick the landing. No, mm-hmm. when it, it like I thought this is a pretty somber and and you know straight take. I yeah. like I like this. And then they had to go and sci-fi dumb it up at the end yeah. with the with the big big silver samurai robot and crap. And it just it, it got stupid. Like okay? when the ninjas are showing up on the rooftop, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> Stuff's about to go down, and then that scene lasted. Like, so you know, okay, minutes. so that movie had potential, and then crapped the bed at the end. So the new one, okay. I have very with anything non Marvel, so Fox, Sony. Yeah, so, just to, if, Sony's in the good graces yeah, now. But if, but if you don't, just to give the listeners some backgrounds, where you're about to go might be confusing if they don't know. There is Marvel Studios, which does Iron Man, Captain America, Avengers, Marvel Studios Doctor productions, Strange. Doctor Strange. Um, and then there are the properties that Marvel optioned out that we discussed like early on in our run. Um, Two other companies, two the you know three biggest ones that they have not gotten back, being X Men, Fantastic Four, and Spider Man. Even now, though they've Spi- kind of made nice, nice with Sony about yeah, Spider Man. Spidey's back in the fold, thank yeah. God. X Men uh, is still like a license to print money, so they're pretty much. most never, likely never coming never home. Get it back? Nope. Fantastic Four, nobody really knows. Uh, if Fox uh, is listening, uh, for the love of God, sell it back to Marvel. <sighs> Fantastic Four or X Men? Fantastic Four. I agree. Oh, uh, yeah, we've been. Me, Carl, and I have discussed yeah. this many a time. Just, just I know. Please sell just it, back. it back. I know because you, you know they would. Uh, anyway, uh, they would yeah. do. Something. I just want to see a proper Reed Richards. I feel you. You know, yeah. and a proper Doctor Doom. That's, That's all. I ask. Uh, mostly Doom. No. But okay, so back to the Wolverine, real yeah. quick. So he's he's under the Fox umbrella. So I have really no. I have little faith that it's going to be any good. But I can't help getting angry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna me get angry. Um. <laughs> At people that were all amped up and like, like psyched up and 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 full of hype when they they're gonna do old man Logan. It's gonna be sweet. And I felt like you know, I, here's here's my thoughts on these people. And you might be one of these people. And I'm gonna I'm gonna set you straight right now. So not you guys. Some someone out there be, listening might be, be, be one ni- of these be people. Nice to listen. I'll be nice, but I'm setting you straight here. Okay. All right. Either a. You heard of Old Man Logan from your comic book reading friend, but never actually read it. But you want to think you're cool because you heard of it. So you're hyping yourself up because all you do is watch the movies and you want to pull your fake geek card out. I know that's that's a, that's a really lame term. I hate using it, but you know I'm just yeah I'm, yeah. I'm just I, know, riffing. I know what you're saying. I'm just riffing here. Uh, you want you want to flex in front of your boys and say, "Oh, doing Old Man Logan," but you have no idea what you're talking about. So either either you're that guy, or you're uh, you are a fan. And I commend you, you've read the book, and you love it, and you are under the illusion that Marvel and Fox can play nice. Because if you are a sensible person, you know for a fact that Marvel and Fox do not play nice, and there is no chance in hell you can adapt Old Man Logan without the Hulks, without Hawkeye, without so many characters that Fox does not have the rights to. So let's tone the hype down a minute. They're not doing Old Man Logan. 
in premise, kind of, in that Logan's an old man. Great. That's not old man Logan, yeah. though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. That's that's my take. No, no, I, I get it because I'm I. I'm so happy they didn't title it that because now yeah. they can kind of like. I, I feel what you're feeling. Uh, maybe not as as hostily as you feel it, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I, it's just one of those things where people are getting hype about something that like no, they I haven't even thought about. I get it because when you look at, like the story, the old man Logan story in the comics is one of you probably put it in the top five Wolverine stories of all time. It is for what of, it is. It's great. It is one of these seminal Wolverine stories, for better and worse. But, but yeah, definitely. all the characters in it belong, like you said, belong different companies. So it's going to be one of those things where they're kind of using the title and sort of the premise, but they're completely changing the story. Which Marvel Studios has done: Age of Ultron, Civil War. Sure, 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 sure. And we're okay with that because Marvel has a good established line of credit. Fox with the X-Men movies. And, and they also have more rights to more of the yeah. characters to get away with it. Fox with the X-Men movies, their credit kind of went in the tank after X2. X2 was legit. That was really great. Yeah. I, I, I remember being in the theater at the end of X-Men 2, goosebumps. Like, the, the, the future was bright. We were yep. so young. We were so naive. We, we, were just, we, were just, we were just little girls. Will we, know. will we say that's the pinnacle of Brian Singer? Yes, absolutely. I want, as, okay, so as far I, as Brian Singer and like, I mean, X Men or Brian no, Singer, no, I mean, throughout a, his whole films. Oh, no, say usual suspects. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I totally I'm forgot sorry to say. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he peaked early, in other words. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to bring that. Okay, so while we're roundtable in this, why not? Um, so I brought up first class and I asked you guys what you thought of it because that was not Brian Singer. No. But no. that was kind of a reestablishment of the X Men yeah. after the disaster that was X three. And uh, uh uh and then it did well and people were hyped up and then they got Brian Singer back again. Do you think that his re arrival kinda sucked the life out of the party a little bit? Because I think they kind of established a new grounds and then he came back in and kind of he couldn't resist he couldn't leave well enough alone he kind of came back in and got all heavy-handed and brought the old cast back and yeah i think i think i think you're right you're catching on something too you know because matthew vaughn did a great job with for you know with first class mm-hmm. oh yeah and then you know he didn't come back because he did um he had something else like it was another movie like, yeah think, he had other yeah. stuff to do but yeah i think brian singer, everybody's like oh great we got brian singer back you know how great was x2 you know sure and everybody was pumped about it you know like you know this is gonna be great and then no, we're two film we're two more films in with him now how do you right. feel right and right now i feel like yeah you know you know let the you let the air out the bag yeah pretty much so I he's, the same he's lost his he's lost his touch the, well, he might still have his touch. Oh, but, but, <laughs> but, oh uh, we won't get into that, listeners. No. The, the continuity is as screwed up now as the continuity in the comics. That's is. saying something. Yes. Yeah, because the X-Men continuity is more screwed up than the entire rest of Marvel as a whole. Yes. Yes, it is. And um, the state of the X-Men today saddens me. Yeah, it's not, saddens me it's not good at all. I've always said they should do, because right now there's probably eight or nine X-Men books, monthly books. That are running That's far too many. Mm-hmm. I've always said they should do three books: do just X Men, Uncanny X Men, and then like bring back the eighty-page giant. Make a monthly like ten-dollar book where you get smaller stories of like X Force, New <sighs> Mutants, things like that. Other happenings in the X 
universe has. Maybe a quarterly, but I don't know about monthly. But I, f- I feel you, though. But, yeah, do it a monthly. Yeah. All right. That's, do it a monthly. It's a steep price every month, but that's fine. I, 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 in spirit, I'm with you. I yeah. think there's too many X-Books. There's not enough. Who cares? I, I, I'm sorry to yeah. say that, but like, who who's buying these? I don't, I don't know. I, I struggle to think that X-Men still has the audience that it did back in like the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont Hell, man, days. even in the early 2000s, it was... Yeah, with uh, Graham Morrison. And, not to be, you know, that guy, because I'm a fanboy, so you're going to... I'll be like, well, here goes you, Drew again on his you kick. Do, you do but, have a blind spot for but, Graham Morrison. But, dude, his new X-Men run... It was good. It was, it was groundbreaking. the last time yeah. I cared about what was going on in X-Men. Because it was groundbreaking and it was, was exciting. Was Joss Whedon before or after? After. The, yeah, after. I would say he was after. Okay, and that was Joss good. Whedon's run was good, mm-hmm. but it wasn't groundbreaking. See, the problem is he nobody was, can follow up Graham Morrison for you. Well, to like be, as soon as to, again, to be to be fair, it's been proven in any in the, in the industry, no one can follow him. Period. <laughs> Usually, when he gets off a book, is a kind of like a, you're at a peak, and then there's a big drop, and then yeah. someone else has to build it back up, and that's you know. To be fair, that's a testament to a, the guy's talent. But uh, no, the last time I really felt that X-Men was pushing new themes and ideas was under yeah. him. Whedon was more of a, of, a, of a nostalgia run. It was kind of like a, hey, remember the good times? It was, yeah. it was like that. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, it's topical to today's show because I'm sure X-Men's going to come up in the, the topic we're going to be discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, as a whole, you know, closing case files were all kind of man meh about logan yeah more or less yeah they also um made another little snippet um they said that x23 will be in the movie yeah see i don't care about that at all yeah, yeah. I, I really don't like x23 i don't nothing about her other than uh, than, than the premise of her and mm-hmm. i think it's dumb i i totally agree why she, would you clone she was wolverine she was, but make him a girl <laughs> right she was fun what? to use in marvel versus capcom that's, I'm right. not. But I'm know. terrible at that game. So, but also she's the new Wolverine, which is like. Eh. Before yeah, we, uh, although give Marvel credit, they actually killed Logan Proper, and he's been dead for a couple of years. And well, here's the thing: he's he's finger quotes dead, but he's encased in adamantium. Yeah, he's still got a healing factor under there. Yeah, if they cut him out, he's probably still alive. I'm just yeah. saying I'm, he's been, right, no, no, he's come right, back from right. from from Adams before. Like, yeah. Um. Before we get into stuff, can I drop one more nugget on you guys? Sure, what do you got? Um, would you guys think less of me if I turned down IMAX 3D passes to uh, 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 Doctor Strange on Monday? No. No. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because when it comes to a film, something I really want to see, for when I see it for the first time, I just want it to be in a standard theater no 3d i just want my picture my sound because i find that 3d can be distracting i feel you i feel you but that's not why i turned it down but okay just check are you good alan are you I, gonna i'm not a big fan of 3d either it's just but for, for it, dr strange though it might be kind of cool it might be trippy it'd be cool on like a second viewing or a third viewing. all right right yeah I'm, I'm generally not a 3d guy either but i turned it down because it's on broday alan and uh, I, I ain't turning down broday that's true Lucha Underground. We, we <laughs> hey, got, we're loyal on broday <laughs> You know what time Brody is. Hashtag Brody. No, I don't. Right. <laughs> no, I don't. We, got, we got Lucha Underground we got to get to. Dude, Lucha There might be a is, new Botchamania. Oh, right. Trust me, Brody is. is hashtag Brody, by the way. Hashtag Brody. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it in there. 
But you know, no, I'm, you, you, it's a good thing that because I, I don't like the 3D. It's just like I don't feel like any Hollywood movie since Avatar yeah. has done it correctly. Oh, oh. God, Avatar was incredible. Right. <laughs> you had to see that 3D. You're like, holy yeah. crap. Avatar and IMAX 3D was probably the most, probably the best movie viewing experience I've ever had in a theater. I've said before, I'll say it again, the 3D was so good in Avatar that it was three quarters of the way into the movie before I realized, wow, this movie is terrible. <laughs> So can we agree that it's like the the highest grossing movie ever to leave absolutely no cultural impact whatsoever? Yes. You know what? I listened to another series of uh, podcasts uh, done by like the Laser Time Network. I think I mentioned them before. Sure. They brought this up too. Like there is no footprint of Avatar. None. Out there. None. Pop culture right now. There's no like Avatar vinyl pops. You don't see kids running around wearing Avatar t-shirts. No one cares. You know Spongebob picture with the rainbow? Yeah. Nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much it. Um, I feel so bad for Disney. Why? Because before they bought Marvel and before they bought Star Wars, they commissioned this friggin' Avatar land attached to Animal Kingdom in Orlando. Now, that's twofold crap for me. Number one, it's attached to Animal Kingdom, my favorite theme park in Disney, because I'm an animal so, lover. Un- until Star Wars. The Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even, uh, well, even then, I'm, you know. Bite that, your tongue, sir. Well, let me, let me, let's see how legit you, that. You want, you want to see a lion from like 100 yards away, or do you want to walk into the Millennium Falcon and sit down in Han Solo's chair? Uh, Shut up. Take my money. Take my wife. Take my firstborn. Here's Drew. Here's <laughs> Alan. Take them, too. I present to you a gift. These two co-hosts. They shall serve you well. Bite your tongue, sir. All right. That's fair. Fair, fair enough. So, number one, it's, it's attached to my favorite park, and that's kind of lame. It, there's no need for it. Number two, I, I feel like as soon as they they did it out of desperation to get some kind of, like, hot boy, boy appealing sci-fi thing yeah. on Disney grounds, and then... Like a day after they signed the contract, George called and was like, "Um, hi. Do, do you guys want to buy Star Wars?" And they were like, "Damn it!" <laughs> All right, yes. Can we can we tell Cameron it's off? And they're like, For "Have the you seen time, Cameron when yes. he's mad?" Yeah. They were, they probably wanted to get out of the deal, but by then Cameron would have showed up with a chainsaw like a lunatic, and because he's a yeah. he's a notorious jerk. Anyway, quick side note, Ted, and then we're gonna we're gonna close out the news and move on to our reviews. Yay. It was it was announced that for the first time in twenty years, uh Princess Disney princess costumes are not will not be the most popular costume for girls this Halloween. Go on. The most popular costumes superheroes, ladies and gentlemen. Well hang on. We live in a fantastic time. Which superheroes? Yeah, all I was about to say Marvel, which DC, all of them. Harley right. Quinn's. Right, I was gonna say if I No, it's like all encompassing Black Widow, Wonder Woman, Harley yeah, Quinn. Yeah, I got a bad I got some bad okay. news for you, friend. If you want to play a game on Halloween And I don't like where it's going. <laughs> put William put put the put William to bed. Get a bottle out of some of your favorite hard stuff. And take a shot for every Harley Quinn you see. <laughs> oh, God, I'd be in You're going to be on the floor by like 7.30. Half an hour in. It's going to be terrible. I'm sorry. It's going to be terrible. Just like the movie. All right. Okay, so we got some comics to review. Comics, now, folks. As we mentioned, next week we're going to be diving into Luke Cage and starting to break down that series. So to kind of tie into that and a little bit into what our discussion is going to be tonight... We have a couple comics to review. Some number ones came out this week from Marvel, and I'm going to start out with Jessica Jones number one. Okay, hang on. Let me get mine. Okay. Now, we uh, we had okay. discussed this 
previously when when they announced that the original team from the original series that the Jessica Jones show was based on was coming back to do the book, which I think is a fantastic idea. Yes. If you want to generate that hype again for the title to support the show, you get the original team, you have them do their thing. So this is written by Brian Michael Bendis, and the art is by Drew. Michael Gatos. Michael Gatos. Um, Now, let me get some things out of the way. I think I know where you're going to go with this. Well, no. We kind of talked about what we didn't want to see happen. Um, well, hang on. Hang on. I, I don't know. This is this is more big picture. It's nothing pertaining to the yeah, specifics yeah. of the book itself. Yet. Yet. Um, and I have the same critique of the current Punisher series. Marvel. <clears throat> you used to have a max line where all of your adult books went, where you could swear as freely as you wanted and show graphic content yep. as freely as you wanted. Now, granted, we are increasingly becoming a society where we are desensitized to everything, so who really cares? But here's where it gets stupid and weird. Now I've got Marvel Marvel Comics, number one, Marvel Now, as it says in the corner of the book, Jessica Jones, number one, with a big stupid parental advisory not for kids in edgy black and red exclamation yeah. point print on the cover. This reminds me of DC's censored middle fingers from the Batman <laughs> run. Because um, that was dumb. So, okay... Parental advisory, it's, eh, it's a little lame. I'll, I'll go with it. Yep. So they can swear, like the Punisher book, they can say some words, but they can't say all of them. And, and not for nothing, this is also something when we get into Luke Cage, it's gonna, I got to talk about this too. It's kind of bothering me. How come it's okay for some stuff, but not others? Yeah. And then how come I, you can show, in, in the case of the Punisher book anyway, graphic, horrifically bloody violence, but yet you can't drop F-bombs and uh it's a marvel comic yeah just put it on the max yeah no i get that that kind of like i'm enjoying the current punisher book but it takes me out of the story when they do like it's supposed to be an f-bomb and then they do like the asterisk numbers pounds yeah this isn't 1988 anymore man swearing um here's my problem with the book punisher or jessica jessica okay i artwork's great it's written well but it's doing what we were afraid they were going to do. Which because was? when you look back to the the Netflix series, Jessica Jones is based on the original run of this book. It was called Alias. It wasn't called Jessica Jones. Yes. Jessica Jones, since that Alias book, her status quo has changed considerably. Yeah, dramatically. She married Luke Cage. They yeah. have a daughter. Yeah. They're... Last I knew, they were happily married. They were a successful couple in comics, which, yeah. folks, is a rare thing. And she kind of, like, made peace with a lot of her demons, more or less. Yeah. Because I saw, it like, she made, because in New Avengers, she made a lot of appearances because they were all living together in Avengers Tower. Right, right. And this book seems to be taking, like, we had discussed, we were afraid that this book was going to kind of do away with all that. <laughs> oh, and, it, yeah, yeah. and it seems like... That's what this book is doing. That's what they did. On because the, she starts out in a, she's getting released from a prison. Right. How did she get there? No, they, they haven't said yet. And and where's the baby? No idea. Does she even seem okay? Critiquing the book now. Does she even seem concerned for the welfare uh, does, of her child? Seem to be concerned, but she maybe because she knows where the baby is and knows the baby is safe. Fair enough. How come Luke doesn't know where the baby is? And how come Luke exactly. ain't talking to her? Yeah, Luke's not talking to her. He doesn't show up to the last panel, and it's just really, it's really frustrating because they could have done a Jessica Jones book. They could have like done where the character is now 
in that you know grittier marvel style you can do that and what's even more confusing and uh, you know i know it's a sin for me to expect continuity i'm reading also <laughs> the the spider-man book yes uh the like the miles morales spider-man okay and his grandmother like they because he has a secret identity that he keeps from his family and his, like the grades are falling off so the family suspects you know he's getting involved in some shady stuff so they actually end up hiring jessica jones to tail him and find out and she finds out that he's spider-man and then in another issue she shows up with luke to confront miles and they seem to be fine and they're bantering back and forth and they seem to like really have it together but this book again you know i'm never gonna turn down a bendis book well i got I some thoughts on that keep going I'm but sorry, i'm, sorry. I'm I'm disappointed that I, you know, I'm gonna. I'm issue one was not a deal breaker. They've succeeded in making me curious enough to see what is going on, so I will go forward with issue two. But I'm a little disappointed to see where it's potentially going, which is what we were afraid of. I, I feel all of that. I think my my thoughts are the same. So I can't. I'm not going to just parrot what you just said. I, yeah. agree, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And if I can go a little layer deeper. Um, I can knock. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, knock Bendis here. I okay. like I like Bendis. Generally speaking, I like Bendis. Me as a as a Daredevil fan, the Bendis run I will tell you, hands down for me is is my favorite Daredevil run, better than Frank Miller. I feel like Miller built built the park. He built the sandbox. Bendis played in it and had more fun. But that's me. Your, your mileage may vary. Um, but I will readily concede that Bendis has um, faults and Bendisisms. And I, when, when, when they're kept in check, it's okay. But when they're not kept in check, it's annoying. And unfortunately, this book has some Bendisisms that drive me insane. Like uh, insane amounts of word balloons that don't actually say anything at all. It's just meant to be witty banter dialogue. You know, it's supposed to be snappy, yeah. like a Tarantino flick. Well, unfortunately, that works on film because you have, you know, time passing by. I yeah. am I am a casual observer to the movie. When I have to read a comic book and I have to read this kind of halted exchanges and awkward di- – not awkward, but it reads awkwardly because it's not being spoken – it's distracting and annoying, and you get what you end up with is a whole lot of panels with big balloons on them saying absolutely nothing. Bendisism that drives me nuts. The other critique on Bendis that is probably pretty, and, and you know, I think critics of Bendis would agree. Bendis has his pet characters that he loves, and he comes back to their well all the time. Jessica Jones, he invented, there's no problem there. This, that's the point of the book, after all. Luke Cage, once again. He brought in Luke Cage into, into Jessica's world in Alias, so yep. fair game. Spider-Woman shows up. I have no real... Another Jessica. Another Jessica. Now, I have no... I, have, I don't have a problem with Spider-Woman yeah. at all. But for me, it's just another one of Bendis' pet characters that he just couldn't resist bringing in for this exchange here for reasons. Yeah. Could have been any character. But we had to use my, he, he, he has his, he's got his little bag of tricks and he goes back to it a lot. This is nitpicky, but it's, again, if I'm going to be fair, when I buy a Bendis book, I honestly sit there and think to myself, okay, how much witty dialogue is in it? Finger quotes witty. And then will Spider-Woman, Luke Cage, 
or uh, a version of Spider-Man appear in the book. All right. And sure enough, this book didn't disappoint me. So, so bottom line. <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> bottom line, would you recommend the book to someone? Wait for the trade. Okay. Um, if you're especially, especially if you're new to the character. Um, well, I, if you knew the character, I'm sure we could probably say start with Alias. Yes, yeah, start with Alias. Absolutely. Because yeah. you're going to be picking this up being like, well, like, it says Jessica Jones, but what the hell yeah. is going on? So, yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait and see. All righty. Um, Alan, I know you didn't get a chance to read the books. Do you have any? You're glancing through it now. And sorry, Alan. Thoughts on the book? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> It just seems seems very interesting, and you know, but it's good to get like a, a first impression from a you know non. But I guess, but like I'm just flipping through. There is a lot of you know bubbles in there, which just like okay, there's no need for it. But yep, I'm not an expert, and uh, like I said, don't tell the people that you're an expert. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I am an expert <laughs> in many things. <laughs> But, you know, I have, to, I, have to, I have to sit down and read us thoroughly. Fair enough. All right. Okay, on to our next review. Yes. We are reviewing Cage number one. This is going to be... This is timely. It is timely. And at the same time, it isn't. Um, this is the new series started by Marvel. It is by uh, Gendy Tartar. Tartar. Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. You can say it. Uh, you know him from Samurai Jack. You know him from Dexter's Laboratory. You know him from the original Clone Wars shorts, the animated shorts. Um, Samurai Jack is making a comeback. And those are all great things. And this book is done very much in his art style. This is focusing on a 70s era Luke Cage. Now, from my understanding... This book was supposed to come out some time oh, ago. Like like a decade ago. Okay. Like forever ago. I thought it was not that long ago because I thought like they just inked the deal for the Netflix series and they're like, we'll hold it until... No, no, yeah. no, no. This was commissioned a while back. So, okay, you've got classic Luke Cage in this. You know, yellow shirt, blue pants. Yes. You know... Metal headband, metal braces, chain for a belt. We all kind of love that, especially if you watched episode four of the show. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Sweet Jesus. I mean, I mean, I mean sweet Christmas. Yes. Please watch the episode. It so Put a dollar in a swear jar. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, there we go. We're going to have a swear jar for this show. So uh, this... Uh, <laughs> you, you don't... It sounds like you didn't like it very much. I know. Here's the thing. I liked it. I like... Tartakovsky, I like Luke Cage. This is not the Luke Cage book Marvel should be putting out right now. No, I, I would I, I agree with you. Um, like for for a couple reasons. One, if you want to get people like comic readers who maybe don't know the character interested in the show, give them a book on Cage that is reflective of the Cage that is in the show. Two. With everything going on in society right now, um, like and what, with what we're going to be talking about, I'm just giving this to you because I, just in case you want to flip through it again, uh, with it, well, what we're going to be talking about tonight, it, it's like the book, the art is great, the story's fun, the book is fun, but it's not the Luke Cage that Marvel should be putting out. Uh, I 
I that's feel you. my thoughts on it. I, I feel you. Uh, I agree with where you're coming from. Um, I still enjoyed it. I still no. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. But I but that's a valid. That's a very valid take. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but it's not the Luke Cage book I wanted. Can I submit to you Power Man and Iron Fist right now? Okay, because that's out right now, no, no, and that's, that's and that's good. That's legit. That's legitimate. I'm not reading it personally, but I've heard good things. It's good. The art kind of turned me off to it. I like it because it's different. But, um, but yeah, I just. Well, to be fair, man, like I don't know that Luke Cage has really had a series. Uh, I mean, this TV show has elevated him considerably, so maybe it's time for a legit Luke Cage, you know, solo run series yeah. in, in 2016 with the, with the version of the character we know now. Um, that's not what this is. There's been many series and stuff that in the past, but I don't know that they've ever really gotten him down the way he's been in his supporting roles in Alias and in uh, Daredevil here and there. And, and then and when he really turned into um, a mainstay like, guy me, in, in like the, the Avengers. Luke, give me the, yeah, give, I was just about to say, give me the Luke Cage who was in New Avengers. Sure. Give him a solo series. Alan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm just browsing through the pages, and, you know, it's, it's, it looks very great. It just reminds me of a lot of the old black exploitation movies. Yes. Yes, yeah. it, yes. But it looks like it's a comic adaptation of the current animated series he would ex- be doing on this. Exactly. But I think right now, especially with a lot of things going on in society, I think Marvel kind of is kind of missing an opportunity to elevate Luke Cage as somebody you know, that people can identify with. You see a lot of things that's going wrong, especially, you know, with African-Americans getting shot and killed. You know, maybe Luke Cage stand up and, have, you know, have a voice. And when we get to the social justice issue later on in this uh, in the show, you know, I will give some clear examples of how comics used to do that. Um, would you... Um, we don't know that it's not going to go there. Well, oh, yeah. So I mean, they're issue, probably, yeah. they're probably brewing it up issue. right now. They're probably thinking about Marvel's yeah. like, you know, Hey, you know, we should use Luke Cage. He's very popular now. You know, maybe we can do that. Timing well, is off. Mar- Timing yeah. is off. Marvel usually gives their characters that they're presenting in live action media a decent push, like either shortly before or right at the time that media debuts. Like we're getting a really good Doctor Strange series right now. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm liking it a lot. Um, the Jessica Jones book, despite our shortcomings with it, can obviously turn into a great book. Um, this can turn into a great book as well, but just right now, I think we're all kind of of the mind that it's it's, it's a Luke Cage we like, but not a Luke Cage that the masses might ex- Marvel yeah. should put out. Here's the thing, though, and this is like just me kind of saying they've done the research, they've done the homework. Uh, the, cro- the crossover from the, the the people who watch the shows and watch the movies, they don't really go back and buy the comics. We do because we grew up with comics, and for me, this is what a time to be alive. Moon pie. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> I, I, I get to see all my favorite characters I grew up loving on the big screen in, yeah. in ways I never thought possible, and to me, it's all amazing. But for people who have never read the comics and they're just seeing the movies and they love that, I'm going to say nine out of ten of those people, maybe even more so, they're not going back and checking out the comics. They're just watching uh, the movies. I, I th- they've done the. I think dude, that's a done, little high. I, I think that because like trust I saw me, they, it, they've done the math. I saw it numerous times when I was working at a shop. People came in to get the comics because they saw the movie. But did they hook them? Yeah. Did you get regulars out of it? A lot of those people became regulars. 
So, I mean, I'm not saying that your number is totally off. I'm just saying it's probably not as high as you think it is. Maybe like, you know, I would say probably between four and six out of ten. Don't go to the comics. I would say your 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 anecdotal evidence is probably biased because you were in the shop. So you saw the people that did, but you didn't see the 90% that didn't. <laughs> you don't make billions of dollars at the box office. No, I get what you're saying. I, with the, I just think we're taking it from two different perspectives on this, and that's fine. Just but, saying, man, yeah. if the movie made a billion dollars, the indus- the comic industry should have saw a hell of a lot more of a bump, and it did not. Yeah. Um, it did not. And this kind of leads us into our discussion for the night now we we said what we were gonna do last week we there's there's a lot going on in the country right now there's you know there's tension between the african-american community and police and that's nothing new there's social injustice rampant that's nothing new am i naive to think that that this show can can do something to change that no i'm not that naive but i think we have a forum drew and i do here um we have a friend in alan who is as we mentioned last week he is a member of the black community um i think we have an opportunity to have a discussion but i am not this is not a field i specialize in (laughs) to say the least i'm going to be honest with you you know i'm i'm a white man living in suburbia i grew up in amherst new york which for a couple years was literally the safest place in america to live the only perspective of the african-american community that i can possibly speak from is that my father uh was a landlord of rental properties on the east side of buffalo and for those of you live in the area um the east side is is the ghetto is yeah, parts of it all right fair yeah. enough yeah so it's, now he was now it's not to say because a lot of you were hearing landlord you're probably immediately thinking slumlord my father was not that my father worked very hard to provide good housing for people so he's more like joe pesci at the end of the super not the one in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> he had the pumps <laughs> the pumps that's oh, a good so, movie by the way <laughs> So we wanted to have a discussion. We wanted to kind of we wanted to kind of have a discussion relevant to social justice and social injustices, but we wanted to kind of stick within our wheelhouse, which is comic books. Comic books have a history of being a voice for social issues, and I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. Then they have a very proud history of that. The question we're going to we're going to discuss some of that history. We're also going to ask a question if they're doing it today. So, Alan, give us give us kind of your background as a teacher and how you kind of approached this issue that we're going to discuss here tonight. Yeah, like I say, I'm a high school teacher, and I you know I teach um, you know very diverse student populations and. And I remember growing up and reading comics, you know, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s. And they had a lot of, so they, you know, comic books was like a medium for pushing, you know, social uh, social issues at the time. You know, like uh, the drug epidemic during the 80s, you know, the crack epidemic, uh, or, you know, uh, the AIDS epidemic, things like that. They, you know, they taught us things. And I feel like right now comics, you know, are kind of slacking on that because this is like a golden opportunity but then again, most people don't read that many comics that they used to, yeah. but I, thanks to the internet. I think comics currently today are good at doing diversity, mm-hmm. 
expanding characters to or changing characters to area that they may not have been before but as far as like the stories i'm speaking particularly with the big two marvel and dc because they're the ones who have the loudest voice from the stories i'm reading i'm reading right now a lot of marvel and dc there are some opportunities being passed up. oh yeah do you look like you want to say something no i'm I'm, I'm (laughs) listening intently man so but going back to it, like you, Alan, you and I discussed, you know, last week we were talking about where it kind of got a lot of beginning the attention that comics were getting as a medium for social justice was with the Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill run on Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Yes. Where they tackled some issues head on. Mm-hmm. It was groundbreaking at the time because I'm reading it, you know, because I was trying to prepare for the show and I was reading it back and forth, uh, back. I read this, uh, you know, it was Green Lantern 76. Um, in, this ep- in this comic book, it's Green Lantern holding up his lantern. He's saying, you know, in darkest day, in darkest night. And Green Arrow's in the background. He shoots an arrow and destroys a lantern. So right away, you're thinking right away that they're gonna, there's going to be an epic fight. But Green Arrow is kind of like antagonizing Green Lantern. He goes, yeah, you have all this power. You have this green power ring. But... You're not really defending the people of the community. And Green Lantern goes on patrol with uh, with Green Arrow. Excuse me. But uh, a black person, an elderly black man comes up, and I'm just reading a direct quote because I found it on the internet. It's a very famous panel. Yeah. Yes. He says, I've been reading all about you, about your work, you know, for the Blueskins, and a planet, some, uh, a planet someplace you helped out the Orange Skins, and you've done considerable for the Purple Skins. And only their skins you never bothered with. The black skins. I want to know how come. Answer me that, Mr. Green Lantern. And it shows Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. And he has his head down. He goes like this. It's just like a real gut check. Right. He goes. He, d- he says this in quotes. I can't. And Green Arrow looks at him like this. He goes, I told you. Yeah. Now, when you see a book like like a panel like that, there's going to be the geeks out there who be like, well, Green Lantern is, you know, in in charge of a whole space sector that he should be patrolling you're right. missing the point exactly because that, that they, they brought that up too because he was on trial from from the guardians of oa they brought him on trial because they say he misused his powers you know trying to try to protect you know um you know a very poor neighborhood because there was a slum lord there was charging there was overcharging them and green arrow to him fought them a green arrow them. we should note is a famous right crusader for social justice in yeah. comics. He's right. like the social crusader in comics. And okay. before this episode, he lost all his fortune. So he's kind of poor in this, and he's fighting yeah. for the poor. So he, they go to Oa. They have this trial. You know, the Owens, you know, the blue-skinned uh, guardians of the universe at the time, they're, they're going on trials. He's like, you know, Green Lantern of, of Section 3, 3189. You misused your powers. And Green Arrow goes, oh, hold up. He goes, no, he didn't misuse his powers at all. He was defending the community. You know, a community that has never been has been overlooked for so many years. And just to geek on you a little right. bit, it's it's section sector two one eight. Two one eight nine. Sorry, <laughs> you know, I tried. Sorry, but I I've, got, I've got a Green Lantern emblem on my wedding ring, sir. So I got I got. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I no, know no. we're discussing a bigger picture here, but there's got we got to stay yes. stay the truth. So they go on trial. Green Arrow invites the Owens back to Earth and say, "We have so many problems." Not just you know super yeah. villains and so other powers. We have other other powers because later on, 
they introduced Jon Stewart for that purpose. Yeah. What? Because again, this it's like I, I want to be careful not to ask a question that's going to be offensive, mm-hmm. and that's again the. Folks, if you're listening, to we're this, treading lightly. Yeah, right. we're not we're not trying to offend. But again, there's backgrounds that Allen's have that I do not share and that Drew does not share. No. What, what did it mean to you as a kid growing up when they would introduce a black character when you discovered a black character? You know, at the time, I thought this is cool. This is somebody I can relate to. You know, I can relate to Jon Stewart. I can relate to, you know, T'Challa. Even though I'm not an African king, yeah. <laughs> with the messy rich, that'd be awesome though. But you know, <laughs> that would be great. one can one can dream. Oh, we you still know? think you're a Panamanian king. That you're just not telling us. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, you know, you might be. Yeah. I might be. You know, Sorry, not, 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 not to break kayfabe here, but <laughs> you know. But yeah, could, could we be you know unknowing players and coming to America too? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> That's true. We don't know. But yeah, I mean, those characters, were, you know, they mean a lot, especially at the time, especially when Luke Cage first popped up, because he was the first African-American hero who had his first solo comic book. He was the first. Yeah. And that meant a lot, because he wasn't fighting, you know, well-known superheroes. He's fighting, like, you know, pushers, drug dealers, you know, corrupt politicians. Yeah. You know, that wasn't seen a now, lot. Have you, have you read a lot of the early? Yes, Luke I read it. Now, I know he was created by Archie Goodwin and John Romita Sr. Right. Was the early Luke Cage reflective of what black culture was back then? Or was it yeah. like caricature, caricaturing? Yeah, I worry. Like, I know that they, they were kind of, in the 70s especially, Marvel was trying to like capitalize on a lot of stuff that was hot in the 70s so they had kung fu books so they had shang chi and you had uh uh, iron fist iron Iron fist Fist, so was power man luke cage for the uninitiated power man uh like was that legit or was that kind of just like a black exploitation cash in it started as that because i did some research it started as black exploitation and then people loved the character of luke cage because you know he was in harlem you know, he's beating up bad guys and from Harlem and corrupt people, you know, pushers, drug dealers, you know, and people can relate to that, you know, so, so instead of having some super power maniac, you know, sure, somebody yeah. who's, you know, who's why we human. like Daredevil. Yeah. Right. Streets yeah. for for the people, you know, I'm not going to worry about an, an asteroid that's coming to Earth that Thor is going to deflect. And by the time it gets to Earth, I'm not going to have time to worry about it because it's going <laughs> to evaporate me. But, you know, the guy who wants to, you know mug me or jack me as i'm going home from work or whatnot you know daredevil and luke cage out there protecting me and that's that's why we're attracted to these stories uh we, we were talking about like the green lantern green arrow run and that was that was like quote unquote dubbed the hard traveling heroes yep because that whole series they were just kind of going across america trying to find america yeah there was a lot of things that that series dealt with one thing that always comes up is the drug problem in the country. And again, we're talking social justice, not just race issues. Mm-hmm. You know, there are drug problems coming up. And that book, along with an issue of Amazing Spider-Man, famously dealt with the drug problem. But there's that that famous cover of the Green Lantern, Green Arrow run. Right. You know, when you and I were in Nickel City Comic Con, I'm like, and I'm getting ready to get, you know, Neil Adams to sign a cover. I'm like, oh, Alan, what cover should I get? <laughs> Um, but there's that, you know, my, my Speedy's Junkie cover. Yes. What, what did you find, like, as far as the comics dealing with the, the drug problems back in, you know, the early 70s and whatnot? 
I mean, it it was groundbreaking at the time, and they didn't deal with issues like that because you know back in the day people thought comic books were for kids but yeah. they started to realize during the 70s those kids are in college now and they still kept, and they still kept reading those comic books so they kind of grew up with those characters and it's kind of refreshing to see those characters deal with issues like that you know especially you know when speedy's a junkie you know he's a superhero but he's addicted to heroin who would have thought and then Amazing Spider-Man had an issue where they dealt with uh, Harry Osborn yes. being on pills. And that issue was famous not only because it dealt with the drug problem, but because it was one of the first comics published without the approval of the comics code at the time. Yeah. Marvel just said, you know, all right, we're just going to publish that. And ironically enough, nothing happened to them. Because the comics code was kind of crap. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, comics. Well, see, you're. I think you're operating under the premise that comics used to do more, mm-hmm. and I can't disagree. Um, there's famous. There's more famous examples in the past than there are now. But then again, maybe we're just not looking, or maybe. And this is kind of my take on it: is like they're still doing it, but there's so much out there, and and ultimately, comics just aren't popular anymore. So people aren't really keeping an eye on them. I, it's it goes back to the old saying: "With great power comes great responsibility." Is sure. does com do comics have the power they used to have back in the day? No. You can arguably no, they don't. But there are still kids that read comics, and still people that can read comics that may because you know what? Honestly, I don't really watch the news. I feel you because it's freaking depressing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's we live in a. I've said it before. We live in a, a state where news is just fear mongering. It's just telling you what to be afraid of, how you should be afraid of it, and what you should be doing about that fear. It's not. It's not meant to inform anymore. And so, like anyone who says, you know, why you read comics and whatnot, I'm like, because it gives me a, an escape from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got I've got six month old son. The things I'm afraid of jumped a whole hell of a lot when he was born. And so, you know, having that escape is beneficial, but also I think it's almost a responsibility of comics to kind of get this information out there as well. And it's not how it was back in the 70s where creative decisions were made by writers and editors. Now creative decisions are made by, like, board of shareholders. Right. They, they are. They are. But, I I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I would say that at least in Marvel's case, maybe I'm just not paying attention to DC, but like at least in Marvel's case, they are doing a lot, like you said, on the diversity side of yeah. things. And if that's a corporate boardroom decision, I mean, I'm, I'd be actually kind of surprised. But if it is, well, good on the board. But that might be as best as you're going to get right now, because I don't know that anyone wants to tackle the social justice stuff. Yeah, I think I think, I think they're they're well as an industry. I think they're too scared of turning people off and losing sales because the comics industry is not what it once was and you know hate to say it but sales are king that's mm-hmm. why you've got 10 avengers books and 10x books and 10 batman books because proven brands sell and that's not just comics that's like everything now it's franchises and movies too original content is like a kiss of death it's got to be a proven winner and that's what they put out now so i i don't agree with this by the way i think this, this is a terrible these are terrible yeah. times to be alive oh yeah um if you like original content. So I think the comics are just reflective of that. Like they're, they're, they're scared to push those buttons and they're scared to, to really go at stuff, at least in Marvel and DC. Um, so like take the X-Men, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we just 
got done saying what a mess they are. Like I couldn't like I could not be less interested in the X-Men. But for for years, years, decades, they were like the the symbolic book of the outcast group they were the book was about race relations Mm -hmm. essentially about race relations but you could also extend it you could also extend it to to to, uh to to gay relations and all that if you were an outsider of any kind the x-men was like your jam because they were a group that banded together for coexistence and peace like that was that was the theme of the book and it probably still is but man if it isn't lost i i you know i don't know that it matters anymore like the x-men couldn't matter less yeah, I think I think you hit a, hit the you know the nail on the head. It's you know back in the I mean I loved you know the Claremont series. I thought I sure. thought he was one of the best. I had I mean when Carl and I went to uh, Nickel City Con, I was scavenging you know for some Claremont books that I was missing. And I think right now, especially right now with, I think right now we are such in uh, it's such a sensitive world right now. You can't express yourself. You can't say certain things without fearing a backlash. Right. And I think that's what it is right now. Even, even things that you would perceive as being like a positive thing. Right. To say. This, I mean, somebody's going to take it the wrong way and they go on the internet and blogs like, oh, well, he said this, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a problem. I mean, we grew up in the 90s. You know, we grew up in the attitude era. You know, the <laughs> oh, old days man. where you could flip off your boss, stun him, and then, you know, <laughs> drink beer. Those days are gone. But those, it, that'd be awesome. They brought it back, though. But. But I think that's a, that's a thing too because I was reading up with Stan Lee when he first came up with the idea of the X Men, even though there was a lot of controversy at the time because Doom Patrol came out three months earlier, and then DC. These guys all hung out at the same bars, Alan. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it is murky, but yeah, I feel you. Stan Lee said, you know, when I when I created the X Men, you know, with Jack Kirby, I had in mind about racism and people who are outcasts, and that's that was a big point. And also, when I read back on Amazing Spider-Man 96 and 98, uh, Stanley was talking about how the comic book authority didn't want him to publish those comic books, those three comic books, especially dealing with, you know, Harry on LSD, people, you know, overdosing. He's, he, it was his, uh, he was his decision. He goes, no, this needs to be published because this is going to be so an Stan epidemic. T- Stan took a stand. Stan took a stand at that time. Because he said this is important. This is an important issue, and yeah. people wanted to, you know, ignore it. He goes, "No, this can't be ignored." Because at the time, remember, Marvel was headquarters in New York City, so yeah. he was seeing this. Sure, sure. If they did something, what could they? I, I don't know. I, think, I, I, I don't. I, think I don't think last... I want. I don't think I want to ask what they could do. I guess the better question is just like if they decided to do something pertinent, would they have the guts to do it today? I think. Yes, they would have the guts because look at Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, the, the, the thing, show, yeah. The show where the thing I hear the most about Luke Cage is unapologetically black. Yeah. yeah. And and it's working. Alan, you've seen the entire series. Trust you know, me. I love it. It's great. Yeah. You said like it's just it's everything that it needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got you've seen you've seen the headlines of the reviews that comes out every time Marvel comes out with something you see like reviews and everything popping up all over the place you know people making a point that it is a black superhero not in a costume but in a hoodie and he's bulletproof right what could speak more yeah to current social climate than that exactly in one of the episodes too you know no spoilers man only episode five yeah it's oh. good okay, gotta sorry. keep it light man well dear viewers Please watch the series. Yeah, I trust. Great. Take take my word for it. You will love it. 
it is ex- exactly what you thought it was. It's black exploitation, but more. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I ask then, as a as a as a notoriously uh, Caucasian male, uh, <laughs> I love it, and I also love like Black Dynamite. Oh, so do I. <laughs> In fact, the Tartakovsky book reminds me of the Black Dynamite. Yes. Comics. Oh my God. A yes. Lot, a lot, Black actually. Dynamite comic. In which, the best ways. Though. Oh God, that was such a great comic. Yeah. Why did it go away? I don't know. So unceremonious. I would love a Black Dynamite sequel movie, but uh, in any case, so as a as a white dude who loves the Luke Cage show so far, um, I guess I would ask two things. Number one, is it like I asked about the comic? Is it a, is it kind of a collection of cliches? And am I liking something like cliche, or do they take cliches but do good things with them and and go beyond them? They do cliches, but they go beyond. I okay. mean, okay, I, I I don't yeah. know. I don't live in Harlem, so I don't. Right. But I mean, you, know, you got a barber shop, and there's the club, and yeah. like to me, it's kind of like this is all cool. I like all this stuff, but it's also kind of familiar ground. I, are these real things like today, or are they just kind of tropes that we're putting in? No, no, no. I mean, there's it, it a lot of things that's reminiscent, like you know, the music. When you hear the music, I love the music. The by music's the way. Like, so good. Love and, the music. And by the way, the soundtrack is on the top ten right now on the Billboard chart. I think it's like thirteen bucks. Yeah. By the way, for like it's, all fifty some tracks. They finally come out yeah. With yeah. digitally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, Carl, it's, yeah, it's Carl, Carl reaches for the phone. Yeah. <laughs> So download that. I have a soft spot for uh, for seventies funk and and uh, and that kind of and soul and R and B and all that. So oh yeah, that that soundtrack is hot. Oh, also hot. this is a bit of news. Before Prince passed away, oh I heard this. I heard this. He oh. was supposed to do a cameo mm. and do a song in the club, and I was like, man, that'd have been so awesome if he you know if he would have done that cameo and he would have he sung a song that would have been insane right because they when he when he fortunately passed uh faith evans came in rb singer you know he used to be the widow of biggie smalls yep 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 so she Even i know that yeah so she 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 made that cameo instead oh i didn't know that so it would have been awesome you know you imagine you seeing prince on there you know singing in harlem that would have been pretty sweet. But, yeah. Would, but that's why they did the swear jar. Because yeah. Prince had a swear jar. Yes. And yes, that's he why did. they incorporated it. That's great. Ah, oh, it's so cool. See? It all ties together, folks. Um, so, it's not just tropes, then. It's 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 sort of... It's, 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 it is authentic. Right. I mean, I think, especially when I'm watching the barbershop scenes, I mean, like, I go to my barbershop. I go to barbershop on Bailey. And it's the same thing. You know, we, you go over there, you talk to your barber about issues and things like that. Hmm. From politics to sports, you know, to jive talking, trash talking, <laughs> you know, it's what we do. I mean, it's it's just like it's kind of like our sanctuary. All right, you know what? What do you want to see comics do? Uh, like, if it, like you're you're editor in chief of Marvel right now. What what do you want to see the comics do today? That I, they did that they were getting so right back then, and now it just seems like that they're kind of trying to appease diversity for diversity right i understand that they have board of directors and trying to you know appease them but sometimes you i wish there was like a like a voice that says you know this is what's going on in america right now we need to you know write a script around it you know like i would see i would love to see like luke cage or you know jessica jones or daredevil deal with social issues of today you know especially with you know with a lot of you know young African Americans getting shot and killed, 
it would be interesting you know especially a young black kid if he's listening right now he's probably like yeah you know that would be nice to see you know do and i don't know because i'm i'm not reading a lot of the big two right now but are do comics like miles morales spider-man or or miss marvel uh are they tackling any of this stuff? Not really. No. Really? So it's just lighthearted mm-hmm. fare that happens to feature a minority. Exactly. Yeah, league. again, it's kind of diversity for diversity's sake. Like, hey, this is mm. an emerging... Because it's it's well documented that female readers in comics are the fastest growing demographic in comics. Okay. So you're seeing more pushes of female characters because they want to give those readers something to read. So they're giving them kind of what they want but they could be doing a much better job of how they deliver it just a side note that's and, really interesting because uh you know what the fastest growing segment of uh wrestling fans are females yeah. females yeah females man really yeah oh, females yeah. are enjoying young, oh, yeah. young, young, young men young next to nothing nah. rolling around with each other young girls Shocking. are getting into wrestling bailey oh. sasha banks god i love sasha the, banks. the current crop of women's wrestlers are their jam okay and, ba- mm-hmm. bailey is their cena dude yes she's and, my cena personally i'm just saying and you know <laughs> but i could see her fe- female gamers are they're exploding on too. the rise too so remember when we went to nickel city con i was like there's more female uh comic book readers I was like yeah where did this come from so where least, was this 20 years ago at I, the very you know? least we are getting more representation there yeah but it's, that's more of a. Well, I mean, not for nothing. But no, I mean, it's it's good. But here's here's also a problem I have with it is, and this is a major problem with the comics industry with the big two is creation for the most part. I don't want to say it's dead, but it's definitely on life support. Well, remember yeah. what I just told because you. creators aren't allowed to create new characters. Like if you want a new character if you want a positive new black character it's almost like you're not allowed to create a new character you have to modify or reboot an existing character to be a black character because they don't want to pay creators rights right correct so like yes miles morales spider-man fantastic you know they did that in ultimate they had an opportunity to do that so they did it and it's done well but a lot of times it's just like when uh new 52 is going on dc wanted a gay character they introduced earth to alan scott alan scott as gay the a gay version of that green lantern they didn't just allow a new character to be created that new readers can relate to sure so i think that's one of the major problems because like if you get those characters you put them in that situation it it will lend to the possibility of those stories that spoke so strongly back in the day, possibly making a comeback today. We, I think the problems are multi-tiered, and from a, from, the, from the creative standpoint, number one, like I said, I just think comics aren't really what they used to be. So I don't know if they can have the same effect. You might disagree, but I feel like even if comics did something, you know palpable and good it's just not going to have the same impact as it once did um number two though like i like I, I said and like you just reiterated creators don't really create because if they create they have to get paid mm-hmm. and yeah. that's and that's not a critique of paying creators i'm all yeah for creating but for paying creators but from the company standpoint they don't want to do it so if i'm a writer man i'm yeah. What are you going to do? Like you're, and and like Miles Morales, he was created by what? Bendis. 
Bendis is Marvel for life. He's and he's like the NWO man. He's four 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 life. So that was like a he threw them a bone. It's not like yeah. it's, he's been compensated heavily. But like you know, if you hire insert writer here on a book, he's not going to create anything like that because you know what's his incentive. Right, which is a shame too, because so, they need more original characters. Because yeah, when we're thinking about uh, you were talking about the Alan Scott, they also did the same thing with Wally West now because of the success oh, of the Flash yeah, series. Wally. Yeah, so you know originally Wally West was a, was you know was Red a white kid, white kid, and now he's black. Yeah, which I'm which which I'm okay with, but you know I a lot remember, of fans of Wally though didn't like that. Right, I mean I grew up with Wally in the, in the '90s when he took over the Flash mantle. Right, you know, and it was just. You know, he's a he's a whole generation's Flash. Right, Barry Allen was gone for a while. Exactly, and he he was the Flash. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, and and that's another problem. Like when you when you make a change to a character like that, changing Wally West black, making Thor woman, making Captain America black, you've got a whole legion of mouth breathing uh, <laughs> haters out there, just like oh, you can't do that. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you're again, you're missing the point. Right. You're trying to to steal to steal a quote. You're trying. You're not trying to get it right. You're trying to be right. You you did mention though that a lot of this is done for the sake of diversity and not necessarily as a natural extension. And you also kind of mentioned that, like, when they do these changes, uh. Well. I'm, I'm not saying diversity is a bad thing. No, no, either am I'm I. Saying, diversity is a good first step. A lot of people, hang on, I, I guess what I was trying to say is a lot of people would say, uh, why can't th- th- those people you're talking about would said, they would say what you kind of just said. Why can't you just invent new characters? Why do yeah. you gotta, mm-hmm. why do you gotta do this to, you know, a character I like? But I think we've already answered that because number one, they're not allowed to create new characters. And number two, those those name brands cut both ways. So those name brands sell. So if they do it to a name brand, it's going to get a lot more attention than if they didn't do it. Yeah. So it's not it's not a bad thing necessarily. They are shining a big bright light on it, saying, "Hey, man, this is happening." Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying by means that the divi- the diversity is a bad thing. Okay, no, I know it's, that it's a good first step, but they're kind of stopping at that first step. Right. They're it's not like, tackling issues. It's you're like saying. you know what. How awesome would it be if they, you know, when they invented Miles Morales, you know, Miles Morales handled those street level problems. Mm-hmm. No, he's off like with the Avengers. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel you're you. missing I feel an you. opportunity there. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, uh, I don't know the character's uh, uh, civilian name, the new Miss Marvel. Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. Yeah. Now. I've heard good things about this book. So I can't say as to whether or not they're tackling these issues. But again, off with the Avengers. Let's get these characters into some real issues. Right. I think they have to be established. I think that's what that's what thing is. You know, like you have old characters, you know, Barry Allen's established. Steve Rogers is established. Hal Jordan is established. You know, now, you know, introducing a new Thor or a new Captain America based off an established character, it doesn't hit the reader very well, especially the old timey readers. But like I said, it does. It, it shines. A, it, it gets attention, mm-hmm. and it kind of forces you to pay attention, right? But maybe they could do more with that attention than exactly. just like yeah. th- just the surface level. Mm-hmm. Do an issue like do a well. To be fair, hang on. I mean, again, for what it's worth, 
I feel like the the Thor in the in the case of Thor, that book not only changed Thor to being female, but the book itself took on a sort of feminist tone too. So a lot of the issues that she was facing, even though she's with the Avengers and all that stuff, there were a lot of uh, anti-woman uh, issues in it that she was also fighting yeah. in context. So maybe in that way they could also do the same with Miles Morales, with Kamala Khan. Um, I don't know that they are because unfortunately I'm not reading those books because my big two is just plummeted. But if you're saying they're not, I, I take your word for it. Maybe they maybe they should be doing more. I could say Miles Morales is doing minimal. Kamala Khan I can't speak to because I don't read Miss Marvel. Well, they should do more then. True. So um, it's it's a discussion that obviously it's ongoing, needs man. to keep happening. We need to keep talking. Uh, we uh, I'm thankful that you know Alan, you were able to to join us again. Um, just keep talking. Keep keep expressing ideas. Keep talking. Right. This is. I mean, cartoons used to do that too. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people are missing points. Um, I don't know if you guys ever seen the original Teen Titans cartoons. They dealt with one very uh, issue that I remember off my head. Uh, Which a, Teen Titans cartoons? Like the original, original, the original, not not the new one, the original no, one. So that, not Young Justice, right. but the one that came before Young right. Justice. Okay, so it was yeah. it was kind of a funny cartoon, but they dealt with some serious things. And one of the big serious things I remember was there was an alien and kept calling. He came to Earth and then looks at Starfire and you know may start feel feeling very inferior it kept her calling her a ner- uh calling her a word calling her, kept calling her truck it was the episode was called truck yeah and you know cyborg you know he's being black he's black and half uh machine he goes oh way to go truck and then she gets offended she goes you never call me that word she goes but you let the other dude call she goes yeah but it's a bad word he, he goes she goes in my language it means it's inferior she and cyborg goes around to her he goes I understand exactly what you. I understand. I understand exactly what you feel. She goes. You do. She goes. Yeah. Of course I am. I'm part machine. Instead of saying, you know, yeah. I'm black, but you know, they you sub- get they, it. Yeah. They subverted the trope. Exactly. That, that, but that's, I, but I, they still made the point. That's good. Right. I thought that was. You know, it was. It was like mind blowing at the time. I was like, that's really a smart way. You know. Well, it's it twofold. Really cool. It sub- it subverts your expectation, but it still drives the point home. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, I, like you get it. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's good. That's, and I, I think right now the media is missing huge opportunities, you know, yeah. and uh, because you know everybody's like, oh, you know, you know, kids these days they're on the internet. I mean, if you kind of force the issue, if you kind of you know do it in a way that they kind of get it and do subtle ways like that, like you know the Teen Titans truck issue, I think you know they'll start coming around. Yeah. Well, again, it's a conversation that needs to keep happening all over the world. Um, and we appreciate you, listener, for kind of letting us go a little serious tonight. Uh, I think we had a good conversation. Uh, but to end the show on a on a lighter note, during our conversation, I received a text message. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Who? From Mr. J. Gelsamino. Yeah, Jay. Hey. He sent us... Some viewer questions. I might, I might have taken yes. back some things I said about him. <laughs> <laughs> some, some for each of us. Oh, so fantastic! I will read someone's question and then pass the phone to the next person. They can read so on and so forth. So, like it. 
Uh, Drew, yes. I will I will read your questions. Go on. <laughs> More gentle after a nice shower. Ooh. A fluffy towel with a depiction of the assassination of Alex Murphy. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> or a heat lamp that also plays Ride the Lightning. Wow. What's the question again? <laughs> More gentle oh, uh, after the, a nice shower. The towel. The towel. Definitely the, <laughs> the towel. towel. Yes, absolutely. Do, do you put Alex Murphy's uh, gun-riddled body on the butt or on the front? Mm. That, that's my, that's my follow-up question. I would say on the front... Because maybe it's before the headshot. So I put it Okay. On. All right. I see what you did. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Your second question. Go on. Sex one, marry one, kill one. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Ving Rames after a 5K marathon. Ooh, okay. So uh. he's kind of, you know, got the, got the sweats. Sure. Val Kilmer, but fat Val Kilmer oh. in the bat suit. <laughs> After a volleyball game following a spicy Indian dinner. Oh, man. <laughs> and Gilbert Gottfried, who has a past stage, backstage pass to Gojira. Okay, so it's a... Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I think your path on this is clear. I don't know, man. This is tough. Okay, so I guess... Uh, I guess I'll kill... this. This oh, It's a shame, because it's, it's the, light, the lightest of... Con- the, the conditions are so are so minor <laughs> <laughs> for one of them. I feel bad, but yet, sorry, Gilbert, you got to go. Even though, like I said, the conditions are really like, that's surprising. I think you would just have sex to him just to just to get the backstage pass. I, I, I mean, maybe I don't know. And keep in mind, if you, the one you're marrying is going to stay in that constant state. Oh, that con- that constant state <laughs> yeah. stays. That's a, that's a hell of a voice. All right, hang on. I, I changed my answer here. Uh, I'll I, I'll marry Gilbert. I could deal with okay. it. Okay. Um. I I gotta have my way with Mister Rames. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, sir. Mister Rames has his way oh, with yeah. you. I'm okay with that. That's perfectly fine. So you're gonna you're gonna kill off I'm, Val. I'm, I'm sorry, Val, but you know why? Here's why. <laughs> Val Kilmer was an icon, an icon of of the silver screen. It's just sad to see him now. We gotta, we gotta. Yeah, we, he's gotta go. Yeah. You got, yeah. I'm sorry, Val. Ice man. <laughs> it's just over, man. It's over, buddy. Alrighty, uh, Drew. Would you be so kind as to read Alan his questions? Alan his questions. Okay, <clears throat> Alan. Yes. Fresh of the heels of the groundbreaking. I think he means fresh off. Fresh off the heels. You misspelled it, Jay. (laughs) Fresh off the heels of the groundbreaking take on the genre. Luke Cage has brought up some valid questions. Mm -hmm. Alan, what is your favorite whitesploitation movie? (laughs) (laughs) That whole discussion we just had. (laughs) We just threw it right out the window. Jeez. Thanks, Jay. Thank you very much. I love you for this. We're going to get complaints. <laughs> there is so many. Send your complaints. Favorite white exploitation movie. It's got to be a John Hughes movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know what? What it, that's white exploitation? <laughs> no, oh, you know what? I got God. it. I got it. It's got to be white chicks. I mean, 
Wow! Oh, holy crap! Inception. I mean, you think if you think about you, it, man, you just pulled a Roddy Piper <laughs> right when I thought we knew the answers. You changed the questions. Oh my lord! It's got to be. It's got to be white girls. Right. Wow! <laughs> Good pull. All right. Um, Plus Terry Crews in it. Uh, you, Alan, you, you ask, can ask Carl. Yes. Ask All right. Good answer. All right, Carl. It says shower gel or soap. I'm a big proponent of the shower gel. And with the why? Nufa. And why? Why? Um, I have a shower gel brand, Irish Spring, that has like deep scrubbing action. Mm-hmm. And whereas I am, as the French say, uh, fat, mm-hmm. you know, there are many layers that need to get scrubbed. You know, stuff has to get picked up and moved and scrubbed under and whatnot. So that's I, why. Irish Spring, you'll make it too. <laughs> yeah. uh, second question. Where have all the Cowboys gone? Not to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, to be fair, neither of the Bills, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. But at least the Bills know what they are. <laughs> the Cowboys have been a five hundred <laughs> team. Yeah, more than the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been a five hundred team since their last Super Bowl. Like legit. 500 team. That's fine, but I don't think the Bills know that they're not that good. They no, think we know we're terrible. I don't think they do. No, no. We we in the room do. <laughs> I don't think they do. No, they believe. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Devil's Do. Alan, thank you very much for joining us again. No problem. Uh, we're definitely going to have you back for some episodes of Luke Cage. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to share any thoughts about the conversation we had uh, tonight, if you like have any show suggestions, anything you want to communicate to us, you can reach us at Twitter at the at Devil's Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the Devil's Do. You can email us at thedevilsdopod.com at gmail at the devil's I keep doing it. <laughs> at the devil's pod at gmail.com. If you would like to go to the devil's you can do that to find all those materials. Ladies and gentlemen. You good there? I'm good. <laughs> okay. Court is adjourned. <laughs> <laughs>